Okay, welcome to the DFL podcast. Um, before we get started, I would like to just encourage you to go to our website, www.cityusmag.com, and subscribe to our newsletter. Uh, we're going to be aggregating kind of the, some weekly content and shooting it out to you guys, getting that email inbox, open up a newsletter, and you'll have all of our stories, or at least the ones we want you to see, um, at your fingertips. So it'll be a nice kind of weekly reminder that we exist and a good way for us to connect. So before you do anything else, just head over there and subscribe. It's easy. Um, it might go to your spam folder, though. So, you know, check that. Um, but yeah, we got a good show for you today. Um, Paul and I sat down with Canadian 1,500-meter specialist and 2016 Rio Olympian Charles Philibert Thibouteau. Uh, we talked about a bunch of stuff. We talked about Malcolm in the Middle. We even got to politics. Um, and, you know, the most controversial topic was about the Blue Jeans Mile, of course, which we're all looking forward to when someone has the gall to attempt a fast mile in blue jeans. And I think it'll surprise you what Charles has to say about it. So um, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for some podcasting. All right. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Polyamorous Swingers Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Kirsch, and I'm here with Paul Snyder. Hi, Stephen. This is Big Paul from the Manchester City Podcast. We're talking football writing today. Uh, let's get in with it, then, shall we, lads? All right, so we are here with Charles P.T. How do you, how do you say your Philbert uh, Tibetu? 2 How's that? Tibuto. Tibuto. Yeah, we'll get that out the way. Right yeah. Start. Charles Philibert Tibuto. That's how we say it in French, but I guess in English it could be Philibert Tibuto. <laughs> for, yeah. really, for really trying to. I don't, I don't want to do that. Um, well, I, mean, I think we, just for our viewers' sake, there should be sort of like a dumbed down pronunciation guide. So yeah. I think that's all. Yeah. That's uh, funny. They should have done that with the NBC guys for Wanna Make a Mother. I bet they're having issues. Yeah, so <laughs> it's funny. My, my mom was like, they really had a bad time with your name. I was like, "How's that?" And then I, I watched the, I watched the race afterwards, and it's like at some point I'm, I move up, go past Clayton Murphy, and it's like, and now moving up is, Philibert, <laughs> and then it's just, it's just followed by a couple of really long seconds of silence. <laughs> now is that only like. I'm like an anglicized thing. Like, are people in Canada are they able to say your name fine? Obviously, uh, no. Like, <laughs> e- like even for French standards, it's a pretty hard name. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little difficult. We like it. Yeah, it's good. Um. So yeah, yeah. how's uh, how's Flagstaff been so far? It's it's been good. Uh, it's fun coming up here. Uh, it's like every April, every uh, pro runner and their mom comes out here. Seriously, just great training and. I guess cool city to hang out in, and yeah. you know it's a, a first first half of the month. I was with uh, the Kenyan national team, so a lot the Kenyan of, national team. Yeah, so the Canadian national. Oh, this is Kenyan. No, Canadian. <laughs> oh sorry. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's just a bunch of Canadians, mid-distance runners. Mm-hmm. So we all hang, hung out together. Most of them are gone now, but there's still a lot of runners around. So it's it's good, and the training's good. Nice. What are you, uh, are you racing Peyton Jordan or? No, so I did have 
a lot of plans for the early season um, earlier this year, so like in this winter, but I kind of jinxed myself uh, thinking too too early, mm. and um, I wanted to race Doha and stuff like that, sure. and like get get going early, but uh, I got a little a little got a little a little injury in March, so I had to. Um, I guess cancel all that. Yeah, I'm just gonna take my time and open a little later. Okay, feeling good now, but just don't want to rush it. Sure. Yeah. I guess what do you do when you're in Flagstaff besides run? Like you're, you're most of your your teammates and friends have already gone. You said so. What do you do when you're just like killing time? Uh, I guess uh, I, re- I guess uh, I use a lot of my Netflix. Like, <laughs> you know, of, of all my yearly subscriptions, probably in April, I use it the most. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Lately, I've been watching Malcolm in the Middle. Let's talk about Dewey for a minute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah who, who, who do you relate to most on that show? Uh, I'm, I'm, I am the middle kid in the, okay. in, in the family. Uh, might not be the genius, though, so yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think I can. Well, it turned out Freddie Muniz wasn't really a genius, so <laughs> don't worry about it. Frankie. Frankie. Frank, whatever. So you don't yeah. even know. And he made it big. He was in a, uh, that movie with Amanda Bynes. Uh, Big Fat Liar with Paul Giamatti as well. Oh, great. So he's, he's an accomplished... He's, a he's actually like doing... He's pretty active on social media these days, like Twitter, and it's actually fairly... He's fairly good. Mm-hmm. Give him a follow. I would love to see a reunion <laughs> special with uh, Malcolm in the Middle because Brian Cranston's obviously moved on to bigger sure, yeah. and better fit. But I think of all the people in the show, I relate the most to Brian Cranston. Like, the bad... <laughs> like, he's... I think he makes the show amazing somehow. Very and he's hilarious... I mean, compared to the recent roles he's right. had, so, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> Are you a Breaking Bad fan? I haven't watched it. Like, everybody's like, get on it, bro. I'm like, I haven't watched it, sorry. That's, that's like, <laughs> during a training camp, it seems like a great time to just dive yeah, into that. Yeah, for sure. Once you finish Malcolm in the Middle, you can just yeah. pretend like it's a continuation of the same yeah. universe. Yeah. <laughs> Brian Cranston goes from Malcolm in the Middle to Breaking Bad. That's just, yeah. like, actually. Maybe I'll like, save it if one day I go to Albuquerque. Yeah. I guess they're in New Mexico, so yep. I could relate to, like, the setting and where it's at. Being from Albuquerque, um, I do warn you, it's, it, doesn't, it isn't quite a fair representation oh, okay. of, our, uh, of our beautiful city, but whatever, let's see Nog's lie, I guess. Um, so speaking of Diamond Leagues, yeah. um, we've heard that kind of Monaco was your big breakout. Yeah. So w- what year was that? And then we're, we're, you... we're also told there's a pretty good story about how you managed to get into the field. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. So uh, uh, that was in 2015. Okay. And um, like 2014 and all the beginning of 2015, I was I was running 338s, but like repetitively. So I would win a bunch of races in like 338 or 339, you know. And I was like really confident about my fitness, and I was like, I just need that race, you know. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't even planning on going to Monaco. Like in my mind, it was just another league. Mm-hmm. Um, I was supposed to go. Supposed to go. Solar oh, panels. Yeah. <laughs> supposed to go to Houston, uh, but somehow, like, four days before the race, like, that race was the same day as Monaco, I'm pretty sure, um, my agent's like, hey, they don't want you anymore in a race. <laughs> I was like, dude, like, I'm, I'm in the best fitness of my life. We need to find something. And then my agent's like, wait a second, I'll try to work on something. And uh, I, back then, I was uh, just at home in Quebec City. And uh, my agent texts me, and he's like, do you feel lucky? And I'm like, well, of course, why not? <laughs> and he's like, well, if you fly to Monaco by yourself, they might put you in a race. Might. So, yeah, <laughs> might. Uh, so that 
that was on the Monday at 4 p.m. I booked my tickets, and at 7 p.m. I was on my way to Monaco. Oh my God. And then the next day, I was obviously I didn't um, I didn't stay in Monaco for the few days before because the organization didn't want me there. Yeah. So <laughs> I was I stayed I stayed in Nice uh -huh. in France, yep. which is uh, 30 minutes away, and hotels like much much cheaper. Yeah. you wouldn't go to Monaco on your own dime. <laughs> Anyways, um, I get to Nice, and uh, my agents like to. Uh, to the uh, meat promoter in Monaco. Hey, Charles made the trip, he's in this, so he's waiting on your command. And the uh, meat director was like, are you kidding me? Like I, like, I was just joking, I didn't think he was gonna come. And he was like, man, that's, that's pretty ballsy. He's like, I'll put him in. Oh, damn. So, uh, but he's like, <laughs> that's also funny because he was like, you know, like, you're not supposed to be in this race. Like everybody's much faster than you uh -huh. are, so. Just stay in this until the day of the race, and then uh, we'll we'll bust you over. So I literally got They're like hiding you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I literally got bus over to uh, Monaco the day of the race, and I got there, and I got my bib and all my stuff like an hour and a half before the race. And that's wild. Yeah, that's that's just wild, and like everything happened so quick that it didn't sink in that I was gonna race there. Mm -hmm. But then. At, at some point, I just you're just walking in the stadium with like Mo, Farah, and like McCluffy and all these guys, and then I was like, okay, now I need I need I need to I need to deliver because if I don't do it, I'm just never gonna get invited again at this. So that's how it happened. And that was like a what a four second PB? Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. Uh, Another funny story, like I think before that race, the fastest I had gone through the thousand meters for a 15 race was 227. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I knew that I was going to race there, I analyzed all the previous years on YouTube, like how they ran the race. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, if I am anything better than dead last at 800 meters, I'm going to blow up. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, get last and then try to move up and don't look at the clock because it's probably going to throw you off. Uh -huh. But obviously I looked at the clock at a thousand meters and I was through in 222. Oh <laughs> and then I tried to not freak out and uh, I, I made it the line in 334. That's amazing. Had you ever like raced people of that caliber before? Yeah. So earlier that summer I had, uh, I had raced in Oslo, the dream mile. Uh, that was also a wild story. I was in Oslo. And the meet director is like, we'll put you in a dream mile if someone scratches. And mm -hmm. Bernard Legat decided to scratch. So I I hold that to him. I <laughs> got to race in the dream mile that year as well, a little earlier. So um, it had happened a couple times uh, that I've raced such high caliber athletes. Yeah. And I also also was in Continental Cup in 2014 mm -hmm. and didn't really belong there somehow. But I... Um, yeah, so I had raced these guys a couple of times, so it wasn't as as intimidating. Yeah. But Monaco in itself is pretty intimidating because, well, it was probably the fastest race in history in the end. Yeah, because what is that when Mo ran like what stupid fast? Uh, Kiprop went three twenty six. Okay. So like I I crossed the line, and I saw my time, which was three thirty three or three thirty four, but I also saw the winner's time, which was three twenty six, and like my first thought. Uh, when I was crossing the line, was just I just took part in something pretty historic. Yeah, here. seriously. <laughs> and yeah, it was a pretty crazy race. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, 
So like leading up to that, I mean, obviously you didn't run in the States um, for, you know, you, you didn't do college and the yeah. NCAA system and all yeah. that. So like what was kind of your couple of years prior to that? So I raced in the Canadian college system. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, we don't actually have an outdoor season. Uh, we just have an indoor season. So in the years before that, uh, what would happen is I would race pretty hard indoors, but then uh, I think most of the Canadian university students have a longer outdoor season than uh, the American counterparts because we just do like a like a season where we go to Europe or you know like we do we it's not like we try to race really crazy in April and May and then mm -hmm. we're, we're burnt down you know mm -hmm. so um, leading up to 2015 I actually did a couple of races in the U.S. I remember racing in Indianapolis. Uh, the American Milers Club, they mm. used to have good races out there. Uh, I would race what they call the NTL in Canada, so like races in Victoria, Vancouver, mm -hmm. and Toronto, just a bunch of national, but also like they, had, they always had a couple of Americans over, so mm. good races. And uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. What university did you go to in Canada? Uh, Laval University, okay. it's, it's in my old town. Quebec City. Um, if uh, if I could have a fun fact about that university, it's Absolutely. probably probably the best. It's it's the best football program, like varsity football program in Canada. Now, like American football or like soccer? No, American football. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. No, it's good. It's good you asked. Yeah, yeah. But it's the best uh, American football program in Canada, and it's funny because. Uh, our own games, we have 16,000 people and it's like by far the most people you can get at a varsity game in Canada, like wow. everywhere in the country. So it, it doesn't, like I bet a couple of D3 schools have like much, much more people. <laughs> Still, that's pretty, pretty impressive. Football. Yeah. I didn't yeah. realize that was like a, there was like a system for football in Canada yeah. at all. I just like, I know there's the Canadian Football League, but I figured that was for like, American washouts who didn't make the NFL or or, or the studs in the like <laughs> <laughs> go yeah have you ever been to a CFL game uh yeah yeah been. yeah they, good time. Uh, Montreal Montreal has a, has, has a team so good times yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you still living in Quebec City yeah I, I, I do travel a lot though um, Quebec City in the summer is fine it's like it's hot and just typical East Coast weather I guess mm. so it's good for training you get good trails and it's a beautiful city but uh, the winters are just gnarly. You don't you want you don't want to be there for running. It's yeah. like we we have over a meter and a half of snow. Like we have sounds like a lot. Five five feet of snow. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's like we have over five feet of snow every year, and like it stays on the ground. It's not like it doesn't it, melt. No, it doesn't melt at all. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's pretty brutal. It's also goes like minus forty degrees Celsius, which might be like, I don't know, minus 100,000 Fahrenheit. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> uh, let me check the app. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, we'll, we'll, check, we'll check the, check the slide comforting room. apps. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just brutal. So I've been going uh, to Vancouver. Vancouver is a sweet city. It's pretty expensive, but really, really nice city for, for training. Uh, In the winter? Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's just West Coast weather. So sure. it's very wet, but uh, mm. they got great, great trails. Mm -hmm. And um it's 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 a fun city to be in, like a nice city, but also great for training. So I go there, 
and uh, and then I I do also uh, warm weather training camp. So I did San Diego this winter for like a month. San Diego was sweet, and uh, and now like Flagstaff for like over a month. So I I do live in Quebec City, but it's not like I'm there Mm -hmm. that much. Sure. Oh, sick. Oh, the softball. What you got here? All right, so I talked to uh, talked to Merber before coming over here, and right. he was saying to sort of ask you about your process of becoming very fluent in English. My process, because uh, he may be full of shit, but he told me that when he first met you, like five or six years ago, like you didn't speak much English. Yeah, it, it, that's funny. Uh, that's also, funny. He's wrong. Please do call him out if he's wrong. <laughs> 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 well, the first time I met him was at uh, NACAC under twenty three me. Uh, so I. Uh, might have been like 21 or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did do English immersion through high school. And like that's a lot of literature and all that. After that, with the traveling, I got to speak a lot in English and use it a lot. But I guess now at 26, I live in English, like in cities where people speak in English. For I lived in that for like six months of the year. And maybe it was not the case back in in 2012 so maybe the first time I met him and uh, we probably only talked at the after party so I might have been drunk <laughs> uh, it might have sounded more like a gibberish more than anything <laughs> so it's my English can sound like that too but not a couple so yeah um, so actually let's, uh, let's touch on yeah. that then uh, what's, the, what's the best meet after party you've ever uh, personally been to oh my god that's that's so funny because uh, the like Canadian uh, national like University came national champs. We have these after parties after, and it's like people get more excited for that than they do for the actual meet. <laughs> and it's they get they get pretty wild. And there's a lot of guys that are just like alumni. They will travel to those meets just to party, you know. And sometimes I feel bad to my Canadian friends who went down the NCAA because they're like, oh, like the meet is great, but then. After everyone kind of flies home and, you know, nobody, like some people will get together to drink, but it's not like everyone just mm-hmm. throws a massive party. And it's, it's just the way it is after Kenyan Nationals. Is that cross country or? Both cross country and track. Okay. Um, it's funny because the two are pretty different crowds. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the, the cross country crowd itself is pretty interesting because we're all we're all the same type of people, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I'd also have to say when you throw in all the sprinters and the throwers for track. I'm a hard alcohol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, gets, it gets pretty wild. And it's, uh, like, I wouldn't want to go there sober. It might, it, 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 it might go, like, it might be sad almost, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but those are great parties. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, just just keeping in Canada. So Canada feels like it's having like a social resurgence among like pop stars. <laughs> Who's your favorite like Canadian like that's influencing America right now? Oh, that would be too easy to say Drake. I know. Eh? Uh, <laughs> I, I need to find someone else. Uh, although else? like I hate how I like I, I like his new album, you know? Because people some people are like he he would just take a crap on a CD and people mm-hmm. would say it's the greatest thing ever. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm definitely against that, you know, like, but his so, last album has some good it's vibes. It's good, but it's like, sometimes, when he's, I don't know why he's, like, speaking Jamaican, like, trying to do all that. So, like, he's I, trying to do Patois? 
I don't know what that is. That's Paul. like the Jamaican. Oh, like, then yeah, yes, he is. Oh, it was like, well, I think I think he's from Toronto. And yeah. Like the, the the inner city of Toronto has a lot of Jamaican okay. people. Like, but he's not from the inner city, is he? Like, oh, he grew up like I mean, as like a child star. He's in the city. Yeah. Wheelchair. wheelchair, Jimmy. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, he might be Jamaican. He, he might be. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But I just think that's I think that's like a very strange like underlying theme in the whole yeah. album that I guess started. A couple, like I think in views he did it too, but there's a lot of the Pat Patois. Yeah. yeah, he also likes Rihanna. But you know what? Like I'm just gonna go with Justin Trudeau. He's my boy. Yeah. <laughs> got, got to meet him uh, after the Olympics. All the Olympians. Really? Meet, well, just like uh, I guess all the uh, American Olympians go to the White House. Yeah. We went to the. Well, of not Congress. anymore, but. <laughs> I don't know if I go. That's another subject. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just, I think Justin Trudeau right now is. Uh, Politically, is he represents? He's kind of like the last hope of uh, political correctness. You know, mm-hmm. like it's it's almost like these days people just don't give a damn anymore that their leader or like the supreme leader of their country or like the person that has the most power um, should be someone that's um, that has good values or that you know. Of course, we see uh, it's, really it's, it's, it's almost like people wouldn't care if it was Kim Kardashian up there or Kanye mm-hmm. West, you know? Yeah. And I think, I mean, he's the leader of your country. It should, it's supposed to be someone that's serious. It's supposed to be someone that has good values. It's supposed to be like a family pe- person. Like, and I think he's one of the last standing politicians right now in the, in the big countries that embodies that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we're seeing Donald Trump in the U.S. There's Marine Le Pen in, in France, and there's some other dude in the Netherlands. The Philippines, that Duarte. He's yeah, like, exactly. He's so, yeah. Um, big, big fan of Justin Trudeau. Yeah. I hope it won't backlash if this podcast goes like viral no, or something. <laughs> but uh, I think uh, I think he's doing a good job. Yeah. How is Canada doing? Because I think you know I'm always just so with everything that's going on in our own country. It's like terrifying enough. I can't really. I'm so insular <laughs> yeah. at the moment. But like you know, how, is Canada doing all right, Charles? I mean, I think so. Um, I think right now, Canada is a great place to be if you're a millennial. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're about to legalize pot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Just is that countrywide? Country, yeah, countrywide. Nice. Our, our our prime minister is like very chill. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And I, I feel like um, in the past, there would be some uh, animosity between like the Quebec people and the rest of Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the French and the English, but nowadays it's uh, it's just a, a new uh, a new way of people seeing things, and people really want to blend in. So we see a lot of Quebecers going abroad, or a lot of English Canadians coming to Montreal, and mm-hmm. even trying Quebec City. So uh, I might be biased, but I think it's it's doing all right right now. I mean, you guys have universal health care. Yeah, you guys don't have a big diaper baby as president. I think I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm envious of the situation y'all have going on. It seems, in many ways, almost I know in every way preferable to what's going on here. So. I have a the, the uh, we do pay a lot of taxes though, especially in Quebec. And uh, this year was my first year actually paying tax, so it's like <laughs> God damn. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I guess all the services we get that's that's definitely a thing. And yeah. the fact that I was able to go to do five years of college and not be in debt of one cent you know yeah. it's like it's that's pretty legit like my degree might not be worth a what is your degree i got 
business degree and grad school in public relations. That's great, Charles. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, maybe the vow is not as good as like Arbor, but I mean, I, I probably paid 10 grand total for my, sure. for, for, uh, my degree while at Arbor. That's probably a couple millions. <laughs> you ever went to Harvard, Paul? Uh, yeah. yeah Who's that? Well, my girlfriend went to Harvard, oh, yeah. Steve. But, She's um, doing great. Yeah. <laughs> Well, any will hunting and good will hunting times. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm not gonna. I think the only thing that sucks right now is the Canadian dollar just is just horrible. Like going down the U.S. right now, like I want to, I go to the grocery store and I buy an apple that's like fifty cents. Like oh, fifty cents is gonna turn out to be like three dollars a Canadian. You know, like this is pretty bad right now. So yeah, I didn't know that. So have you visited the United States when the inverse is true, where you're like playing with monopoly money? It's like oh man, like ten dollar meal that's like four bucks. Like whatever, I'll tip one hundred percent. I wasn't so much in the U.S. back then, uh, and I guess I was a little younger, so I didn't really care. <laughs> uh, it's, it's not like I was paying attention to my budget or anything back then, but now it's definitely definitely something. Like you, every time I book something, whether it's a hotel per night or a car rental or all that stuff or a treatment, it's like, oh, $200, what is it going to turn into? So that kind of sucks. But then if I win... American money. I make a lot of money. Yeah. But I, right now, I pay more in American money than I win American money. So <laughs> hopefully it turns around soon. <laughs> Is there a lot of money in track and field in Canada? Like road races and stuff? Uh, not so much. I think uh, the Ottawa Marathon and the Toronto Marathon are pretty big. Mm -hmm. uh, pretty sure like the Ottawa Marathon, they have this elite 10K where they get a bunch of Kenyans and they go like 27 something on the road so I, my guess is that they they would have a lot of money if they have these guys over but uh, outside of that it's not it's not nothing too crazy yeah, yeah. it seems like you uh, you race in New York City fairly regularly between mm -hmm. Fifth Avenue and Melrose like what's what's your favorite US city to race in I, I gotta say it's New York City oh yeah yeah I'm a, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the Big Apple it's always fun to race there. The like the New York Roadrunners and David Monty and all these guys—they're great hosts, and uh, the the races always turn out great. And it's always fun before and afterwards. But also, I like to go to New York City. Like I got my spots for shopping. I always go down to Soho. Uh, I have I have a friend who lived there for a while, so like I, I know a couple of really good restaurants. So it's like every time I go there, I enjoy it a lot. Yeah. Oh man, you're you're a pretty fashiony guy. It's probably a bummer being here. There's like, I don't even know where you would shop. Yeah, it's funny. Out here, you have downtown these shops for women, I guess. Or crystals, have... like, uh, you know, wellness. And yeah. Culture, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, the clothing for women downtown, like, in some shops are, like, okay. It's, it's iffy-ish, but it's all right. But you try to shop for, like, stuff for guys, and it's just, you know, like, pants for guy for people who do climbing that have zips down the yeah. knees yeah, that can turn into shorts and stuff like it's a it's a specific know. crowd yeah you're either shopping at like a, an outdoors like rei type thing and everything has a bunch of zippers or you're <laughs> buying your jeans like in bulk from safeway the grocery store yeah exactly <laughs> there's no in between um so let's say you go to bed tonight you wake up and your feet are fused together <laughs> we unfuse them but then you, you have a club foot for some reason and you can't run anymore, <laughs> what would you do? What would I do? Uh, that's, uh, that's a tough question. 
what would I do? That's right what we now? do. We I would, I would, I, 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 would, I would probably chill for a while yeah. and try to figure it out. Think about the foot. <laughs> yeah. Think like what caused that? Not, yeah. not overcommit on a podcast for the rest of your life. Yeah. That seems smart. Um, uh, well, if I can just translate that, you can to, walk fine. Like you're fine walking, but you just can't run, man. I'll just go on the long walk. Yeah. I guess I'm gonna walk cross country. You're and a race be a, walker. Be a Terry Fox 2.0. No, okay. I won't be a race walker. Though. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, my uh, my agent is working. He's got his own business thing mm-hmm. going on with like sports management and all that stuff. So I'd probably try to get into something like that. Business degree in public relations. Yeah. You'd fit right in. Yeah, or do some writing. Maybe write for Sidious. If if you ever have a if a French That'd version of the website, <laughs> just start throwing out articles in French, like no translation, <laughs> just see if they land somewhere. They'd hit. Yeah. So yeah, I think our core demographic is like seventeen-year-old kids from Iowa, so they'll yeah. probably be a little put off. Oh my by God, that. dude, high schoolers love it. It's awesome. Yeah, we got to expand. So I think yeah. that's, that's the next big step. Actually, we do need to reach out. Yeah. yeah. Um, Paul, are you? Uh, are you hosting a mile anytime soon that Charles will be interested in? You know what? That's a funny thing. You Let's asked. talk about this. <laughs> um, so we're, I'm not sure if you've been following along. It hasn't really been a major storyline, so no, no offense taken if you haven't. Uh, we've been sort of in the works here for a while now, getting money together. for uh, The price price, I think, is almost to $5,000. Is, is it the jeans mile? It's the jeans mile. God damn. Um, so as someone who has run... What we've approximated as you know the requisite time in shorts, yeah. Like we, we kind of pin it as like it's gonna take a three fifty three guy to run some four in jeans. Just that that would be your estimation. That's what that's what our estimation. What do you is. think? Yeah. If you had like a nice pair, like obviously there's still they have to be the regulated jeans. Right. Like we're thinking like selvage denim, thicker. You know, not a lot of stretch. So I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. I haven't felt your jeans yet, but whatever you're wearing, I'm not sure if they would fly. Yeah. But you know your your heavy jeans that you buy at the grocery store when you're yeah. in Flagstaff are those? Could you run sub four in those if, when you're Coming off of Fifth Ave, you're in peak shape. You're spiked up. Spiked up too. And there's five thousand dollars left. I think I could do that. Really? Like actually? Well, why not? I don't, I don't know. That's what we're wondering. <laughs> like we want someone to try, or we need an honest effort. Yeah, it's like I don't. I feel like it, it definitely adds some weight. So I, I try to run it like go out like balls out. Mm-hmm. Try to run split like one fifty four for the first half, and then. Try to die, try it, yeah. die not too bad, and cross the line <laughs> just under four. Because it's not like it zaps like your fitness or anything. It just makes it like I would like, say mobility might be an issue. Like your hips kind of. But I feel like if you're if you're fatigued with jeans, it, um, you would have a hard time just changing gears. So that's why you got to go out pretty quick. <laughs> that, that would be my guess. So, but do you think like you could you could maybe do it? Maybe I mean five grand. Yeah, five grand U.S. That's like a thousand grand Canadian. Like. Might as well try. <laughs> Could buy a house with that. Because <laughs> you're thinking, do you have kind of a proposed date or anything that you actually would like to get some people so together? So I can't disclose anything in terms of actual contacts, but we're we're talking to a few uh, organizations that are talking about giving us the money to get to. So we've raised a thousand dollars just crowdsourcing yeah. uh, pledges. That is then possibly getting five to six thousand on top of that from a corporate sponsor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so if that were the case, like that's that's what seven thousand yeah. dollars sitting right there. That is available to whoever breaks it first with video evidence. Like, so it doesn't have to be an event, but we're thinking after Fifth Avenue, in somewhere in the New York City area, so everyone's still there, yeah. everyone's still fit, they can stay with people who are in the vicinity, just get eight to ten guys on the track, 
have a stopwatch, <laughs> have have the tape to break, and then a giant like check ready to go. The yeah. tape would need to be like a piece of dinner, like, <laughs> kind of like off a jeans. Yeah, like it would definitely have to be at the end of the season because yeah. it, there there would be some major chafing involved, and like, you, you don't you don't want to be racing afterwards, like show up the, the start line in split shorts and like all your legs are these. Bruises, blood dripping out of your crotch. What happened to your legs? We should reach out to a uh, like a body glide sponsor. Oh wow, yeah, that'd be good. Lube up the legs. It's high risk, high reward for them though, because what if it doesn't work? That's That's a a pretty big stage to have your product fail. Huge stage. (laughs) There could be tens of people watching. Tens of people, dozens. (laughs) Um, Yeah. What what else, Polly? I mean, that's that's my plug for that for that project. I thought you did well. I am. I'm glad to know. There's some confidence out there among the elite community that it can happen. I think. Uh, I feel like a bunch of the New York NJ guys said that they would be down to try, or they, yeah. they could at least get close to it. So yeah. like if, if they can get, get close, I'll get close to it. I, was gonna say, <laughs> I, I thought Johnny might bode well for that, but I also uh, he was recruited out of high school mostly because he's like he has a very long inseam. Like he, coaches <laughs> were on the phone, like knowing talking to him about his dad. We <laughs> understand you have quite the inseam, son. Uh, Isn't that as super creepy? Yeah, <laughs> it's very strange. But that's how recruiting works in the U.S. system. I'm not sure wow. how many calls you got. <laughs> I think that'd be beneficial, right? To have longer legs. And it's more—that's more gene, baby. He's like it's someone, more someone with gene, a short leg. But... That's like more weight of denim. Yeah. to cover that much more body. I don't know. For sure. I like his. I like the stride length. I think it would be. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm an we'll idiot. I, have, we'll I literally have wrenches in my head. I don't know what I'm saying. Um, but yeah. Any any other plugs, Jack? Or Asics? Anything you want to get out there? I I don't I'm not thinking of anything. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, um, but yeah, we look forward to to seeing you race soon. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, I can race sometime. Yeah, It'll be fun. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure you will. And if not, we know it'll happen at the Blue Jeans Mile because you are committed. I guess I'm committed now. Verbal commitment. <laughs> the only kind of commitment I care about. Yeah, exactly. It's good. Cool. Well. I thanks guess. for having me, guys. Yeah, yeah of thanks course. For thanks on. for making the time. I know we have a lot to do up here. <laughs> There's a lot of knocking in the middle to be watched. Yeah, yeah I got to get back now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, there you have it. That was our podcast with Chuck PT. Another good one in the books, and we look forward to having our next guest on in the next probably week or two. Um, in the meantime, go to our website, subscribe to our newsletter, and start getting all of our best articles in a weekly concise format um so we're looking forward to starting that and we will see you guys next time Life is unfair, so I just stare